Welcome to the Global Good Podcast, where each week we'll travel around the globe meeting the most incredible people doing the work that's truly making the world a better place. From the peaks of the Himalayas to leagues under the sea, join us as we embark on adventure for good. Welcome to the first listener episode. Over the past few months, while we've gotten the show going, you have been sending us ideas and you've been telling us about what makes a difference in your world. So this week, I'm going to be reading some of your written letters. These are all over the map, which I guess is actually the goal. This is the global good podcast after all. Anyway, I do read all your emails, I promise, and I selected a few that really stood out to me, but I'll admit that was weeks ago, so they'll be new to me today as well. All right, let's jump right into your listener write-ins, and don't forget to send your own local heroes, organizations, or even things you're working on that make the world better, or teach us more about the world we all call home. Send those to stories at theglobalgoodpodcast.com. All right, let's go. This first one says, Hey, Nicole, have you heard of First Nations films? No, I haven't. It sounds Canadian and it sounds awesome. Uh, Since 1998, so about 25 years, First Nations Films has specialized in the creation of First Nations documentaries. As a multi-award-winning production team, they write, shoot, produce, direct, and edit. First Nations Films is for, by, and about First Nations people. The programs are distributed to broadcasters, schools, libraries, universities, and other individuals and institutions throughout the world. First Nations film has become a force in the global market and continues to create works of excellence. This is great. It says if you'd like to submit your film for distribution, consideration, there's even a place to contact on their website. And it says some of the examples, let's see, of current content includes Whose Land Is This? Uh, Answering Native Land Questions, Native Women in Politics, about the changing roles of Native women, Beat of the Drum, which is profiling Native musicians, The Medicine Wheel, I know about this one, on Native spirituality and ceremony. Other topics of documentaries include language, entrepreneurship, addiction, and this list just goes on and on. So you can preview films and order them individually. Uh, It looks like you can do it for your school, your classroom, or organization, and you can do it all right on their website. I will have all that on the globalgoodpodcast.com website and in our show notes. And there's no signature, but thank you for sending this in. Our second email is from Susan. It says, hello, thanks for the important work you're doing. Oh, you're welcome, Susan. That's very kind. I recommend you check out book Baraka, B-A-R-A-K-A, Baraka Women's Center in Nairobi, Kenya. They are doing extraordinary work with women. Baraka Women's Center opened in October of 2012 and was named by its members. Baraka, I really hope I'm saying that right, means blessings in Kiswahili. Uh, More than 1,100 women have registered as members, a majority of them living in slums throughout Nairobi. 
Many are single mothers, and most are undereducated. They create programs that enable these women to increase their skills, knowledge, and confidence in creating the futures they desire. Their current programs include adult education, entrepreneur and leadership training, computer training, gender-based violence awareness and counseling, that's fantastic, and vocational training. Uh, The Women's Center is part of the larger Women's Centers International. WCI creates safe gathering places, women's centers, in environments that exclude women from key resources. A center provides skills training and a support network to foster women's agency over their lives. The center promotes healing and growth, enabling each woman to build the future she desires for herself, her family, and her community. Regards, Susan. Thank you, Susan. I am in love with this, and I will look it up, and please, if I pronounce it incorrectly, let me know. And on to our third email. This one looks kind of long, but there are pictures attached, so I am happy. Okay. Hi, Nicole. I hope you're staying healthy and enjoying this holiday season. I am. You too. I am so excited to share all about Independent Animal Rescue, its work and its impact in North Carolina and beyond. Go Heels. I hold IAR, that was Independent Animal Rescue, so closely to my heart because it led me to our husky mix, Sophie, and it revealed to me one of my few true passions in life. So why is IAR important to our community, to the country, and to the world? Their mission is to rescue and care for companion animals in need and reduce the suffering of unwanted animals through adoption, spay-neuter, and community programs. It's based in Durham, North Carolina, in the heart of the ever-growing Research Triangle Park. Their programs serve an increasing number of animals here and the surrounding areas. Like other rescue organizations, we're part of a larger ecosystem. You often hear people speak negatively about kill shelters, by which they mean the municipally funded animal shelters found in localities across the U.S., IAR, being a privately funded, non-governmental organization, has the luxury to not be a kill shelter. In fact, IAR works with local shelters to pull dogs and cats that are too unhealthy, too scared, too aggressive, or otherwise reactive, or to whatever it is that makes them unsuitable to be kept in the adoption floor. My foster fail, Sophie, was one of those pups. She was surrendered by abusive parents, terrified in the shelter, and fear-aggressive as a result. Of course, if a dog or cat is not on the adoption floor, then potential forever families won't see them. By pulling the unsuitable shelter animals, IAR1 creates capacity and physical space for other homeless animals to enter that shelter, which also prevents overcrowding and subsequent euthanasia, and two, helps provide the animals it pulls with appropriate care and better chances at a successful and lasting adoption. This is awesome. And thank you for explaining this because I I really didn't understand this process. Um, This is an important part of the foster and adoption programs, and it's important to understand that kill shelters aren't the bad guys and instead are valued partners of no-kill rescue groups like IAR. We're all in this together, as they say. 
In addition to its adoption work, IAR partners with a number of shelters to spay and neuter companion animals as well as feral cats in efforts to prevent future animal homelessness and suffering. IAR also performs medical procedures and routine wellness exams at its own office. Uh, How amazing. It says um, the generous veterinarians volunteer their time weekend after weekend to get this done. Oftentimes, the animals that enter IAR's programs require medical care beyond what can be accomplished in the in-house office clinics, and IAR then covers medical costs for dogs and cats in our programs, ranging from mundane procedures to critical and life-saving surgeries. All this work collectively moves us closer to our goal of preventing and hopefully one day ending the suffering of animals in North Carolina. Here in the South, we have an exceptionally high number of homeless and abandoned dogs and cats, and there's always more work to be done. The ongoing pandemic hasn't helped. Like most other organizations, IAR was and is not immune to pandemic-related challenges and the alarming rate of pandemic pet surrenders. Ugh, sorry, I struggled to read that because I didn't it didn't like process in my brain correctly. I've heard that the, the number of surrenders as the pandemic has gone on has just been so high. Ugh, it's absolutely heartbreaking. As an organization that relies on the dedication of its volunteers and community supporters, we continue to have our work cut out for us. It sounds like you do. Um, you uh, at IAR are currently fundraising for your year-end campaign to sustain the mission of life-saving rescue efforts through 2022. Well, I would certainly be able to share resources uh, on how to donate to IAR and its partner organizations. Uh, finally, I'm ending the letter here. It says, I've attached two pictures. Yes! One is a photo of my foster fail Sophie. Oh, oh no, this is amazing. I will share these pictures on our social. One is a picture from when she was surrendered at the shelter. Very underweight and very obviously scared. And the second is a photo of Sophie now. Oh, she looks so happy. This is fantastic. This made my day. Uh, Thank you again for the opportunity to share this lengthy and at times mushy but important story. Um, This was a unique reflective exercise and has really got me thinking about the important actions independent animal rescue takes. Sincerely, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah, and thank you for these photos. Uh, With your permission, I am going to share them because Sophie is so cute. All right, there are a couple more emails, and it looks like both of these are pretty short. This fourth one says, Nicole, a friend passed me your piece. Oh, she's referring to a Forbes article I wrote a couple years ago on how the pandemic is creating worsened disparities between men and women in the workplace, especially due to childcare responsibilities. I wanted to reach out about the learnings we've had at We Care over the last few months in our part in the conversation. We Care, sorry, I'm editorializing again. This is so cute. It's W-E-E, like we, like baby, and yet it's also like We Care. Okay, sorry, that's great branding. Um, back to the letter. At WeCare, 
we're actually newly the largest network of in-home childcare in the United States. Since the pandemic, we've launched a partnership with LA City to support essential worker families and have been heads down working to find ways we can use our technology to keep our families and childcare providers safe. We Care is a network of the best daycare, childcare, and in-home preschools near you and across the United States. Our mission is to make sure that all families have access to quality childcare that ensures their child has the best chance to succeed. If you're looking for a daycare near you, we are here to help. We'll match you with the perfect childcare facility. Once you sign up, our team will reach out to learn about exactly what you're looking for. After we've spoken, we'll get to work matching you with the best daycares for you and we'll help set up tours. Oh, that's handy. Once you find the perfect childcare provider, you can enroll directly through our app. It's really that simple. Thank you, Jessica. Well, thank you, Jessica. Yes, I did write a Forbes piece and while I don't yet have children, um, I was absolutely appalled by the numbers of what was happening in terms of gender disparity uh, women having to quit their jobs en masse when the pandemic started to care for their children. So thank you for being so solution oriented. And last but not least, Elliot says, congratulations, Nicole. Love what you're doing with the Global Good Podcast. Thank you, Elliot. Here's a project I am now involved in that is in your podcast spirit. I thought you'd appreciate it. We're honoring Dr. Chester Pierce with a new Human Rights Award, and here's your opportunity to participate, okay? Chester M. Pierce, MD, was born in Glen Cove, New York in 1927 and was a distinguished life fellow at the American Psychiatric Association. He was a psychiatrist, researcher, and academician. I shouldn't know how to say that word academician, dedicated to addressing health disparities and promoting human rights in youth education. He earned a medical degree from Harvard Medical School in 1952 and held the rank of commander in the U.S. Navy. So he was very smart. While at Harvard College, Dr. Pierce became the first African-American college football player to compete against an all-white university south of the Mason-Dixon line. Okay, so he was also very brave. In 1969, Dr. Pierce became the founding president of the Black Psychiatrists of America and spoke on racism in America, first proposing the term racial microaggressions. Oh, fascinating. He was the senior advisor on the creation of the acclaimed educational children's series Sesame Street, which presented a vision of an integrated society. Dr. Pierce was active in numerous organizations, including the National Institute of Mental Health, National Science Foundation, NASA, and he was the chair of the Child Development Associate, Associate Consortium. Oh, how fascinating. Um, he was a senior psychiatrist and the first African-American full professor at MIT, where in 2009, uh, the program was named after him. It's now the Chester M. Pierce Division of Global Psychiatry. Awesome. He's lectured on seven, all seven continents and received numerous national and international awards. Um, let's see. And he received an APA Special Presidential Commendation, honorary degrees, and fellowships until his death in 2016. The list of credentials here just goes on and on and on. Um, so how can you help? Yes, 
The APA, American Psychiatrist Association, Human Rights Award was renamed in his honor by the APA Board of Trustees. Dr. Pierce is remembered as a pioneer and thought leader who inspired others through his deeds, intellect, humility, and resilience. You can pledge your support for the award at the American Psychiatric Association Foundation. Awesome. What an inspiration and a hero and a trailblazer. Thank you for sending this, Elliot. I will certainly link to that award so that people can participate um, and from what I can see on the site, because I just pulled it up, it looks like you can nominate people to win this award. So if you know anyone who deserves the Chester Pierce uh, Human Rights Award, be sure to submit a proposal. This is awesome. Okay, thank you guys so much. Keep sending your letters and be sure to send those to stories at theglobalgoodpodcast.com. And we will do another listener episode soon, highlighting the things that are important to you all over the world.